It's Window Nation's semi-annual sale, and it's a big deal. Right now, get 50% off all windows along with no interest for five years plus bonus savings when you schedule a consult today. If your windows leak, get foggy or hot, or you're paying high utility bills, that's a big deal. With Window Nation's semi-annual sale, you can replace your windows and save a big deal, too. Schedule a no-obligation in-home estimate now. Call 866-90-NATION or visit windownation.com. This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance, too, with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance, and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. You could spend the weekend doing the same old whatever, or you could conquer the weekend in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey. What? is in fact going on philadelphia uh no one deserves music tonight uh no one deserves really much of anything uh i'm glad that you're joining us because hopefully this is going to be a therapy session because uh i I need it i know you need it too and boy oh boy do i have a lot of things to get off my chest here elliot shore parks how are you sir man let me tell you that was there so i'm in the hotel at dallas it's about let me see it's about 12 15 a.m here there's a severe tornado warning which means the Eagles plane back to Dallas. Pretty good chance I feel like that's going to be delayed, which means they're sitting on a plane right now thinking about that loss. And I can just imagine, as mad as Philadelphians are right now in Eagles fans, that plane has to be one of the most miserable places to be right now. So it is just not good around this team right now. Um, And there's uh, plenty to get into. I'm going to start here for just a moment. And let me just say this, earmuffs, 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 Ear muffs, ladies and gentlemen, uh, children. I am. Uh, I'm a. I'm a. I consider myself a nice man. Uh, I, I believe oh, nice man. that you know. I try to be as rational as possible. But when things like this happen, um, when we're gonna focus all week on Aguilar and that stupid ass fucking alligator armed bullshit, you know, attempt at that, and whether it was overthrown in, uh, or not, and me and Elliot are certainly gonna argue about that because I think it's really dumb. When we're talking about all these things and then firing Jim Schwartz and like, how much is that really going to help? I have no fucking clue uh, because I don't think it's really going to help anything turn this team around. You know what I realized tonight? Because last week I was really depressed about it. Now I'm just I accept it. And now I'm finding all the different flaws. And the first thing you got to do is, man, get one fucking chef in the kitchen. Do you hear me? Get one fucking chef in the goddamn kitchen and one chef only because that's the biggest problem with this football team. I finally figured it out. It took a brutal loss to the Dallas Cowboys who are don't have any leadership at the head coaching position but apparently do have it at the quarterback position. Uh, and that was like a, a no frills, we're just going to go kick your ass type of football game. And the reason I say that they need one chef, because there only needs to be one goddamn voice in that building, and it certainly does not seem like it at all. The one great thing that we loved about Doug Peterson is his ability to understand and listen and be egoless and all of this. It's also 
his deathbed right now because I think he's listening to too many people. I think he's listening to us, the fans, at this point. You guys wanted more Jordan Howard. You got more Jordan Howard. Completely changed the offense into something archaic and something that I don't know where it came from. Tonight, I saw this team down 20 points still run the goddamn football like they had all the time in the world. I see now Lane Johnson coming out on television tonight and saying, yeah, it's time for a call-out meeting. All those that have missed practices or missed meetings or missed all of this stuff, like there is no accountability on this team. That's that's unbelievable to me. And this team who, you know, whatever. Again, I didn't care about the Duck comments on the WIP morning show. I th- but but now looking back at it, it, it's almost as the team did need to hear it. And we've discussed that all last week on you know what that all is about. A team like this, a team that won the Super Bowl that has been in this dance many times before needs that? Needs that to go up against a team that has lost three fucking games in a row to opponents that they probably shouldn't have. They, and... and Make it look like they were just waiting and sitting around for this fucking game to be like, oh, well, we'll get back on track with the Eagles. And you know what? Dak Prescott was right in week one. Maybe the secondary is not as good as the Giants. Maybe it's not, like, because it certainly wasn't tonight. And that's not even the problem. The problem is that there's too many voices. There's too many voices. And how do you fix that? You start cutting, you start trading, and you start getting anybody out of that building that does not believe in your vision right now. Take the fucking team back, Doug, because it doesn't seem like it's yours anymore. And that's not because players aren't playing for you, and that's not because there's a bunch of internal fighting or anything like that. There's just too many voices, Doug, and I don't think they're on the same page as you because you're not as authoritative as you need to be in some regards. And this is one of those times, like... Start cleaning house on whoever does not believe in your vision. If that means it's Jim Shorts, if that means you don't have full autonomy to go over there and say, yell at him and fucking grab his neck and say, do something different, then fine. And then more importantly, fix your offense because I don't know what this is anymore. I, this is this is bits and pieces. It's, it's in shambles of what we saw from two years ago. This is ridiculous. It's ridiculous that in this day and age, in 2019, I'm begging for Doug Peterson to throw the football. What is this, E? What is this? So, first, obviously, I have a lot to say about everything you just said. That was quite the soliloquy, quite the uh, the rant. Um, you know, I, and I don't mean this is a shot at Carson, and this is a shot at Doug, but I thought Doug coached the game tonight like he had a quarterback there he didn't believe in. And I know he believes in Carson, but there's no reason on God's green earth, no matter what we think of Carson, right? And people will say, I'm like on the hater side, you know, whatever. But dude, eight, eight passes in the first half. Like you give this guy $106 million to basically build your team around and you only throw it eight times in the first half. Like, what is, what is that? Like, I, I get that he came in wanting to run the ball and I disagree with that. I don't think that's the way to do it. But if he thought that was a strategy, Okay, then then commit somewhat to the run. But Dak Prescott threw the ball 20 times in the first half. Carson only threw eight. So, like, I came into this game saying this was the biggest game of Carson's career, and we can talk about Carson's play later, but at least give him a shot to try to win this game for you. Like, this team is better throwing the ball than they are running it. Even with the receivers there right now, the reason they're better throwing it than they are running it is because the best player on their offense is Carson Wentz, right? Like you can debate, maybe it's Lane Johnson who had a really bad game, but like in terms of the skill position players, like Carson is better 
and Aguilar, Alshon, Jordan Howard, Miles Sanders. Like, so you want the ball in his hand to see what, what can happen. And you only have him throw it eight times. Like, to me, each time this team loses now, it, this, this issue that they're going into right now, and they're eight and ten in Carson and Doug's last ten starts together, eight, in their last 18 starts together. The Eagles' issue is either Howie, Doug, Carson, or some combination. That's it. Whenever we want to get mad, and people get mad at Aguilar, which I think is dumb, but whatever. Like, the Eagles lost this game tonight because of – tonight was Doug. But it was also because Howie did a poor job building this roster, right? Like, they're a flawed roster. They're old. They're slow. They're a flawed roster. Carson did not play well. Like, he had limited opportunities in the first half. He had a really nice pass to Goddard. In the second half, I didn't think he played well. No. So they got outcoached and outplayed at every level tonight. But anyone out there pointing to Aguilar or wants to point to Jalen Mills or whatever, no. This is a, a Doug, Howie, or Carson problem. Right. That's where the team is reached right now. That, that is the spine of this team, and this team right now is not good. No one's helping each other out. That's what I mean. Like Howie's tried to, uh, and we've agreed and disagreed on a lot of things with the entire fan base throughout this in- year, but they're not complimenting on each other. Like Howie's not really helping Doug as it stands right now if this is how it was going to go offensively and just be like, sorry, you're going to lose Deshaun Jackson. That also means you're going to lose Zach Ertz too when that happens, and I don't really have a great backup plan, but we'll be okay uh, because I drafted another tight end for you, Doug. So there you go, and there you're, and and then there's nothing. That's it. That's and and I disagree completely that you could be mad at Nelson Aguilar because that's ridiculous. You know, like effort lost to the lights. Alligator arms is alligator arms, man. I mean, that, that is... I disagree. That is, that is, I disagree. That is like, reaching if, out your if hands. You, if you want to say he did a poor job tracking the ball... He did. That's one thing. Fucking horrible. He okay, he did. Yes, okay. But that's different, and I'm not saying you're doing this, but that's different than people out there tweeting that it was a lack of effort. I don't think Aguilar saw the ball and said, and said like, well, I'm not going for it. And I, when I asked him after the game, and I'm paraphrasing, his answer was essentially... Like, I'm running, I'm trying to get open, I look up, and the ball is too far for me. Like, that ball by Carson Wentz was overthrown. You can argue that Aguilar should have dove, right? And maybe he would have made a catch, right? But the reason it would have been a great catch is because it would have been on a ball that was overthrown. It wasn't a terrible... It wasn't a terrible... Hold on, hold on, hold on. It wasn't a terrible overthrow, right? It was just... it It was not a great throw. So, Aguilar ran looked, didn't think he could get it, and that's where I agree maybe he should have jumped, right? But the reason that was an issue is because he did a poor job pulling it, attracting it, and then pulling in the arms just looked bad. Just uh, There's no getting around that. When he pulled in his arms, that looked really bad. Yes, that's what I'm saying, man. Deshaun Jackson catches that football. Like, well, yeah, but Deshaun what, Jackson is probably the best deep threat in the history of the league. Zach Ertz you know probably I mean? makes like, a better attempt at that. Like anybody that's in that position that's on a seam or like, you know, crossing uh, against the safety to go and get there. Sorry, it's not going to be exactly perfect. You know, like it is exactly yeah. the way that Nelson Aguilar runs. He should have been there. Like he's. I, I, but it like, should have been a perfect pass. Like, and again, they didn't lose you, the you game. Can't have, you can't be. I'm sorry, man. You can't be perfect when you're about to get sacked in the next beat before you throw that football. You got to get rid of but it. Aguilar was open by like two steps. Like he was wide open. And you know what? Like you're right. That's a good point. I guess I'm not taking into consideration how, how Wentz got hit like basically after he threw it. That's fair. But I just think this play, when I look at it, it's like I'm not going to kill Wentz for it. I'm not going to kill Aguilar for it. They were down 17 points. Wentz should have made a slightly better throw. Aguilar could have done a better job tracking it. Like that's it. That's it. This isn't like 
to me, this isn't like Aguilar is the rat and he's giving up on Wentz. Like Whoa, Aguilar needs no. to be traded. Like no, what, that's, right. Right. Okay. that's not what people are saying. Were people saying that? Oh, that oh, you have not been looking at my mentions. Oh well, that's <laughs> different. The timeline just basically says like what the fuck, and that that's that's how it goes for that. I think people trying to like jump on it and just use that as another example of like Wentz and his deep ball issues is such crap. Like we know we know that's right. not an issue at this point. And and listen, well, we'll disagree. Yeah. We'll we'll disagree on that. Uh, I don't want to spend uh, a, a ton of time on it because, again, you and I both agree that we don't think that that's, one, not the problem for this game. And if you kind of fucking last that for a week, you're going to drive yourself crazy. Like, it doesn't – Yeah, the it's la- one last play. thing I'll say on it is every single second we people spend talking about it more than the time we just did is yeah. a waste of time because yes. the issue with this team is not Nelson Aguilar. He's no. not. I would not trade Aguilar as, like, a statement. Or like, or what else? Who else? Who else's problem is in this right now? Carson Wentz, well, come on, come on, say it, just oh. say it. Carson Wentz is not okay, a problem, well, not if, the problem. You, if you team. really want to get into the Carson thing, uh, I'm not saying. No, a, not really. I'm not saying he's, <laughs> yeah. Well, let, let, me, let me just say my Carson bit and then we can move on okay. and we can debate this on Tuesday's pod. I am sick of hearing the quarterback played a good game when they lost by 17 points. They lost by, they lost by 18 to Minnesota and everyone was like, but Carson was fine. They lost didn't by say good. 27 points. I didn't say they played wait, a good Hold game. on, they lost by, okay, hold on. When you're a quarterback, Right. Like if you are a franchise quarterback and you are and I hate to use the money thing, but my point is when someone makes a huge financial investment in you, I'm sick and tired of hearing how good he is in losses. I just am. I'm sorry. The game wasn't even competitive. And if you and that falls on the quarterback, it's not a Carson thing. It's a quarterback thing. If Tom Brady played this game tonight, I would say it's on Tom Brady. Dak Prescott outplayed Carson once tonight. Point blank, period. Right. But it, it was a lot easier for him to do that too. Like, the, it, like the, from Dallas Goddard fumbling uh, in the opening position, yep. and by the fucking way, that's what I'm talking about with Doug Peterson. There is no, there is no responsible coach on the planet, and I know it's a small thing, but it pisses me off that accepts the football, especially when you're away. Like, what are you thinking? I agree. In that, that is the dumbest way to start a football game and because of that it's really touchdown or nothing and then not just touchdown or nothing having a lead at halftime along with making sure that you shut down the Dallas Cowboys in their first possession in the second half that is more than this team fucking needed you can't even do that right mm-hmm. that's what I'm saying and and then and, and it was and I, over so was after debating, that no I'm just saying I, it was, I was over debating after. with some of the writers I was debating with some writers after the game like whether we think Doug did that to like give into public pressure. Cause he was like asked about it this week and everyone was kind of like, why don't you just take the ball? And I don't think that was it. I think Doug just did it because he was like, literally nothing else was working. Like I'm behind 10 plus points every week. So I agree with you. Like it was a snap decision. It was a bad decision. I would not have, I would have kicked the ball. Right. Like that, that is what the smart move is, right? That is what the smart move is. That being said, I like when you fall behind ten plus points every week. I, I can't like completely blame him for just trying a hail mary. I agree, it makes no sense, but I that that's my 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 thought on that. This is just my theory, and I and I think because it felt like, you know, defensive comments were coming out from somewhere. Then that's like, please take it easy on on the defense. We know it's not that good. Everybody thinks his defense is complete crap anyway. So. You know, can you just give us a break here? <laughs> can, it, can it fall right. on you for a minute? And even thinking all this, even as we're going through this, it is still going to be about how bad Jim Schwartz sucks 
and listen, he has been abysmal these last two games. If you want him fired, Agreed. I don't have a problem with that. If you want to do that to make yourselves feel better, fine. Or if there's infighting between those two guys for whatever reason, fine. Like, well, I would always understand that. But, like, to sit here and think that that is still the, the, the biggest problem with this team to me is ridiculous. We know that there's not yep. enough bodies there. Like, we knew from the beginning that this is, wasn't – this was not going to be the best uh, de- defensive end group. And, man, they just uh, – again, I mean, Josh Sweat had a couple of good plays. Derek Barnett had a sack. Uh, when Ridgeway, again, is, is making the most impact in terms of sacks, that's a huge deal. Uh, Razul Douglas tonight just not looking great at all, you know. And, and then, you know, Jalen gave up a big one, uh, made a decent interception. But there's at least a difference for me there when Jalen is on the field. Like – there's there's not a guy running yeah. behind him, thank God, you know, and that's like the smallest silver yeah. lining on the planet. But when it comes to all this, if if you know that the defense is not good, and we all agree on that right now, then why on earth is it okay for the offense to do what they did? It, and it's it's yeah. it's horrendous. That's where they invested the most this year. Yeah, to me, that's the main difference. You hit the nail on the head right there. Like, if I were to grade the offense and the defense for this season, I would probably give them both the same grade, which is, like, somewhere between a D-plus or maybe more like a D-slash-D-plus. Right. I don't think I would go in the C range. But the, the difference is the league is built for the offense to succeed. The money is in the offense. The head coach is an offensive head coach. The quarterback is obviously on offense, right? Like, so, like, it, when the defense struggles, and after the Minnesota game, I left that stadium thinking – this is personnel. This isn't so much Jim Schwartz. And I still think that's the case because even though the pass rush had its moment tonight, like the pass rush is the heart of the defense and they're not playing well. And that's on Howie because that's not a Jim Schwartz thing. Like he just puts the guys out there that Howie gives them. But I didn't think Jim Schwartz, I, I, don't, I don't think he's been impressive, clearly. I mean, he gave up, what, 37 tonight, 38 last week. But the difference is, like, it, it, it masks the offense because people get, get frustrated with how bad the defense looks looks but it masks masks the truth that the offense is averaging 15 points over the last three games like doesn't matter what the defense is doing your offense is supposed to be elite right you were supposed to be up there with the chiefs and like all these teams and you're one of the worst offenses in the league over the last three weeks i would almost guarantee it i haven't looked it up based off today's numbers but can't imagine there's many teams averaging 15 points on offense less than that over the last three weeks so is a defensive problem yeah if they fire jim schwartz would i be like that's a travesty no, because honestly, I really don't think it matters. Right. This team is not going to turn things around until Carson and Doug, because they're the heart and the brain of that offense, are better. That's it. And it's crazy that Doug t- has taken on this almost conservative approach the last few times out now, too, to like to what? Give your defense a rest? To yeah. you know, like to, to counteract a bad defense, you need to be aggressive as you possibly can on offense. And for some reason, a guy that loved to do that is no longer doing that. And I need to know why. I need to know why that they're and, and don't tell me it's just Deshaun Jackson. Don't tell me that. Don't tell me it's because you don't have enough personnel to to figure things out with. I saw you do things in 2016 with you know, fucking Paul Turner, and, and it, at least it was yeah. creative. You know, at least we saw that even though it wasn't executed well or, you know, a bad throws and on and on and on. Like, where did it go? And and why is this happening? Why suddenly is uh, Dallas Goddard, who made a fantastic catch and a fantastic throw from Carson Wentz tonight, 
and that's it. That's the last time you go and see him for the rest me, of the freaking game. I don't get it. So I'm just gonna just gonna brainstorm here, right? Like just gonna just think out loud. He's running the ball more. There's no denying that. He's coming right. to the last two games decided deciding he wants to run the ball. We know that the smart head coaches don't have that mindset. We know, at least I think we know, Doug is not a smart head coach. We also know Doug's super aggressive. So, like, is this a Carson thing to him? I'm not saying me or you. Like, why is – look, like, if, if he did this game plan the last two weeks with Nate Sudfeld or Josh McCown, we would say, well, yeah, of course you're going to do that, right? Like, you know, that's your backup. Like, why is he game planning around Carson? Like, I, I don't get it. Uh, it's, like, it's not because of what I think of Carson. Like, am I, am I wrong? Like – they're, they're game planning to run the ball coming into these games. Yeah, that's Why? what I mean. I don't know. Because it's it's not like they have a – I mean, it's a good running game when it gets going. But, like, dude, when Byron Scott at the end of the game, and I don't really know what he's really playing hard, has more rushing yards than Miles Sanders. Or, like, you, you know – He looks better than Miles Sanders running. <laughs> yes, Point yeah, blank period. He just does. <laughs> like, oh, my God. Uh, so, like, this – crazy rushing attack that is uh, that is supposed to be there that everybody thinks this Philadelphia Eagles team has it's just Jordan Howard being able to plow two three yards ahead and that's it that's it it's there's yeah. there's nothing there that is like man I can't believe you're not handing the ball off to Alvin Kamara or something like that is this is this is a, a as cookie cutter right now in the running game as you can possibly get and it's uh they're obsessed with it you know, and just, yeah, like you said. It, so how, weird. It's so weird. Wasn't it 13 runs and eight passes or or 15 runs and eight passes or something by the end of the half? Like, yeah, that, I know they had I know they had 11 runs, including a sneak to five passes, at, like at, either right after the first quarter or somewhere around there. It's so. just like I, 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 I don't know who this team is, and they've lost their identity completely. So going back to what Fletcher Cox said two weeks ago almost, or no, yeah, uh, yeah, two weeks ago that this is going to determine who we are. And guess what, Fledge? No one knows who the fuck you are. I don't know what you I, – I, I don't know what the philosophy of this football team is, and I feel like uh, it just happened kind of overnight here. Like suddenly everybody woke up and then got to week five, and then that was it. Like, hey, we had success against the Packers. Let's use that against every single freaking football team that we possibly can. Uh, uh, yeah, I thought this was such a disappointing Doug week on so many levels. Yeah. Like – First, first, I didn't like what he said about beating Dallas. I get that he maybe wasn't a full guarantee, but like, let's let's make no mistake about it. Doug went into that wanting to say that. Like the way he said it, it came off in the middle of an answer. If I'm pretty sure, like he was not led that way. It's not like Angelo said, "So, Doug, you're going to beat Dallas, right?" Like, like yeah. he he made that statement, and then he cut Zach Brown, like or him or Howie or whoever, which was obviously to send a message. So Doug did things this week out of character. And then we've already discussed the idea to, to accept the ball at the beginning of the game. I somewhat understood it, but I didn't like it. And then to put so much emphasis on this game, right? To like say you need to send a message, yeah. to, to say you're going to win that game. And then to come out, and I think, I think it was the worst start I've ever seen them have. You could argue the Saints game, but like the Saints were just playing on another level that right. day. There was nothing you could do. The, the Cowboys weren't even playing that great. Like they had all those terrible penalties. Dak missed a few throws early on. Like the Eagles were just so terrible, it didn't matter. Well, and the only reason why they got that touchdown is because of a really weak roughing the passer call, uh, which any one of us would have screamed at if it happened uh, on the other end. Yep. Uh, um, and then what happened? About, well, another uh, penalty was really bad. But it was the one where the dude, um, I'm, I can't remember now because I'm tired. But remember after the roughing the passer penalty, wasn't there another personal foul that um, 
help the Eagles get down the field. Hits to the face or something like, like that? Was, someone, someone hit Alshon. Remember Alshon? Oh, right. Like, yeah, that's or right. Something. Yeah, right. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, and speaking of that, yeah. I, didn't, I didn't know this. Uh, yeah, Xavier Howard. Um, and uh, yeah. apparently, uh, this according to Zach Berman, um, got into a little spouting match with the athletic trainer, the Philadelphia Eagles, <laughs> while that was going yes, on. I saw that. Yeah. So yeah. Uh, I, I think the dude walked out on the field thinking Alshon needed medical attention. And then when Alshon got up, the player was probably like, why are you out here? Yeah, and he yeah. definitely got in his face. And the guy pretty much walked away, although he did stand a little bit like he was thinking of doing something. But then he, he walked away. <laughs> Unbelievable. But yeah, like that was the only thing that got the offense going to get that Dallas Goddard touchdown. Yeah. And then that was it. Like that Which was, was a great throw. Was a great throw by West. Yeah, it was phenomenal. Say. The Goddard phenomenal. touchdown was a great throw. There yeah. was a couple of, like he had a, uh, what was the one? Two, uh, oh, the one, the, the deep one to Alshon. Uh, when they were in that cover two, that did look like a far throw to me because that's like everybody like screams at uh, or used to scream at quarterbacks like you don't make the throw, don't make the throw, and it showed off his arm strength and all that. And and then uh, then what happened? I think he intercepted. He got the ball intercepted after. Yeah, I mean his his interception <laughs> was really bad. That's God, the damn, second man. week in a row where they're, they're down so many points it doesn't matter, but just like a horrendous throw from the pocket to basically nobody. Um, and then the snap. Uh, I, I actually missed it because I, w- I was writing, but I, I looked like on the replay that the um, the ball basically just hit him on the chest. He like took his eyes off the ball or something. Like that was pretty inexcusable. So like, make no mistake about it. Like th- Carson did not play well. No, like, he did not. He, he did just not. didn't. He didn't play well. And I'm not going to get into the whole biggest thing game of his career thing. But like, it was a big game no matter how you slice it. And he yeah. came up very small. Part part of that's Doug, but he definitely came up small. And this is like, you know, you, you start to read things from this week too and as much as and again like i don't <laughs> this is one thing i never wanted to be right about but this is the difference between a guy that is used to those big time programs in college and, and those that aren't and that's what look that's what dak prescott looks like to me it's like you know hey interesting uh i'm gonna i'm gonna i'm gonna take care of this and not to say that you know small schools and leadership and wherever and blah 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 but it just looks worse tonight when you see stuff like this because Again, this is a Cowboys team that was that the entire fan base leading up to this week was talking about Lincoln Riley and how how do you get him in Dallas? How do you get rid of Jason yeah. Garrett? The entire week, the entire fucking week down there, that's all they talked about, and they still came out and did that, you know. And and Kellen Moore looks like he was calling the plays again, and everything kind of fell into place. And my goodness, let me rip the defense while I'm thinking about it. Uh, stop biting the fucking cheese. It's really getting annoying. Yep. Please, God, stop doing it. I don't know why you flow so hard to where you're supposed to go. Maybe that's because you're going to part of the, the Schwartz philosophy that is really biting him in the ass because they don't have any corner help is we're going to shut down the run to make sure you're one-dimensional, except that one dimension can't do a fucking thing. So that's a crazy non-adjustment on that side of the ball that drives me nuts. And when Dak Prescott walked that touchdown in into the uh, corner of the end zone there what the fuck was nate gary looking at like standing what yeah. there, there's only one way you can go and you don't have a man in your zone right now please go and try and attempt to make a play and 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 there's that so it's just like god dang uh and speaking of speaking of nate gary i'm not a huge like players should talk after the game guy like I think it's like they're emotional. Like I understand when guys don't yes, want to talk. Yes. But but the mood in the locker room was very bad after this game. It was very like depressed. Like I would say it was a bad move. After after the Minnesota game, it was more kind of like 
yeah, we lost. It sucks. But like, we, we still think we're good. I thought this game, this mood was much more like, holy shit. So Alshon talks, which I, which was good. Nelson talks, which was very good. But like, I didn't see many guys on the defensive side of the ball talk. At one point, every single reporter was around Nate Gary talking to him. And I get he's a starting linebacker right. and he was involved in that play. But like, Nate Gary should not be the guy like talking at this point. Like, Malcolm didn't talk. He was not in there. And I've said a lot of really nice, respectful things about Malcolm. I think he's the best player of defense. Like, I was disappointed in Malcolm for not talking. Yeah. I really thought that was a moment where he, if you, if you want to be the vocal leader, right? Like, he's always the vocal leader. He always breaks down the team. Nate Gary should not be talking at this point. That should be Malcolm talking. And Malcolm not talking today, I, I thought was a mis- mistake by him. Yeah. Uh, yeah, man, that's, uh, that's really disappointing to hear because, like you said, you know, he's, he's there facing the fire every single time and probably Always. talking the yep. most uh, in that locker room afterwards. So that uh, is kind of disappointing. Also, uh, I guess uh, Tim McManus caught up with Lane Johnson as well. And this is another quote from him. So he's he was on NBC Sports Philadelphia, and I saw him say these things, and he's doubled down on it. Nice. I was going to ask you about it. It nice. just says, moving forward, there's going to be a lot of stuff changed, maybe players. And and that's what I feel like. I feel like there is just a uh, hmm. maybe a, a a couple of different factions, one big faction, whatever it is. But there is something in that locker room that is obviously not right. And if that's a, a prominent player, and we need to be surprised by it, surprise me by it. If it's not, it, then then it makes it that much easier. But whatever is going on, yes. If if that's what the players are calling for, a lot of the captains on this team. And if that's what Doug is feeling, and I'm, I'm telling you right now, more people need to get canned or cut or traded or whatever it is, because this is mm, this. I kind of just okay. So I, yeah, I agree with you. In the, I, I agree with you that first of all, Lane would only really say that in my opinion if it was prominent people doing right. this. Like I don't think Lane's monitoring if Craig James isn't there. And I'll also say that if Lane knows people aren't in meetings, which is what you said to, uh, which I guess is what he said to NBC Sports after the game. Yep. Well, Lane's only involved in the offensive meetings, and I highly doubt when the full team meets. Very true. A roll call, right? Very true. So, <laughs> so it sounds like it was an offensive thing. I am, I am all in favor of getting rid of a guy that you feel at this point is like hurting your culture, right? But, but this team does not have a lot of talent right now, and if you still want to compete, I'm not for just cutting people just to do it. Like if this is kind of like, I'm I trying to get trade. an example. Who cut or cut or trade. You just get just move on from them. Yeah, but you're probably not going to get good value. But that's my point. Moving, I would only move on if there's something going on that we're very unaware of. And like these quotes are very interesting. I'm definitely going to try to like figure something out. But like, <laughs> um, yeah, I just, yeah, I mean that's very interesting from from Wayne. And uh, Seth Joyner said on NBC Sports afterwards, I guess something along the lines of like, clearly they have a they have an issue going on in that locker room and when things break sometimes they can't get put back together yep and he said like that starts at the top and like again this is a doug thing like tonight was i've seen doug win playoff games i've seen him win big games i've seen him win the super bowl i believe doug's a head coach but you are fooling yourselves if you think they have not looked like an unprepared uncoached sloppy team this season yeah that's it that's what they've looked like absolutely outside of the packers game yes and uh yeah, and I think – and again, um, I, I think Elliot's theory is 100% dead on here. But I, I think this is also – it goes beyond that. Like there is I, – I don't know. I, I Like I've seen way too many 
uh, of Ditka and Buddy Ryan <laughs> to, you know, and I, I'm not saying that's what's going on here, but certainly there's enough evidence at least pointing to that suggestion, you know, I yeah. and, and, and that to me um, w- would not shock me either. And it's easy to do right now. You know, if there is a if there is an issue and the whole full autonomy, like I said in the beginning, and I've heard, I just remember hearing that over the last couple of weeks when asking about Jim Schwartz, um, you know, I, I, I think there might be something there. Um, and I, on top of that, like, you know, I, it just seems like there are a couple of people who clearly don't like Carson or preferred Nick Foles or whatever it is because that winning culture that was you know brought on was by a, a humongous run by two different quarterbacks and so like it's a it's a, I, I still think that's in the locker room and it's certainly at uh at the link because you get to see that wonderful nick full statue every time that you go into it so well, like you know and speaking of nick Foles, um i just i really really don't want to hear people say this week like well, they were four and six last year, and they turned it around. Yeah. Like, look, the defense improved at the end of last year. They created turnovers. I get that. The, Nick Foles sparked this team to a turnaround because he came in and the offense improved a lot. Carson was hurt. I get that. But they turned it around. They would not have turned it around last year if Carson was that quarterback. And Nick Foles is not coming in this year. So if they fall to four and six, four and seven or whatever, I get the end of their schedule is good. But – this team needs to show that they can play well. Like, right. there's no more magical turnarounds at the end of the year. Like, they only even got in the playoffs because the Vikings lost to the Bears, right? So, like, yep. they – and I'll also say this to the offensive weapons thing. The same offensive weapons that Carson is playing with right now is the ones that Nick Foles played with when he put up whatever many points and yards it was against the Texans in a must-win game. Yep. So, you know, is, are, are they missing Deshaun? Yes. Are there, is the skill position players not as good as we thought? Yes. But your offense is almost always as good as your quarterback. And Carson needs to step it up. Tonight, the offensive line was a problem. But huge problem. I saw Nick Foles play. Yeah, a huge problem. Absolutely, a huge problem. But, like, Carson needs to play better. He just does. And, yeah, that, that was my point about that. <laughs> <laughs> no, that's true, too. Like, and that's, that is clearly obvious here. And uh, But there are – there's now – this is only going to make those Nick Foles truthers, you know, come back out of the woodwork again and see how this rolls. And, you know, they remember the four plays that Josh McCown run. I'm like, well, the offense did look a little. And there's all of this that is surrounding these guys. But I'll also say this like, they were, you know, Carson Wentz was throwing to lesser talents in 2017, and this offense did not seem broken. It seemed like it was on fire, like it was rolling. You, were, you saw back shoulder yeah. throws to Trey Burton, who is clearly. Uh, less talented than the two tight ends that they have here. Uh, uh, yep. Torrey Smith is not that hard to find again. Uh, and I'm surprised that they're, they literally refuse to put speed on the field like they don't need it at this point. Um, Alshon is the same guy that well, we... They don't have it. I, I know, but they have, they've got two guys yeah. <laughs> from Georgia State on the practice squad that can run. Uh, let's see it out there because, again, if you're going to play JJ, and now we are up to... I don't know how many snaps, but 120 with no receptions from Mac Collins. Like, do something. Who, who didn't different. want to talk after the game, by the way. Yeah, well, <laughs> just throwing that out there. <laughs> Thought that was pretty funny. I yeah, I was like, "Are you serious?" But anyway. <laughs> um. So, the, the, the at the end of the day, um, we can agree on this that this team very much lacks uh, discipline. Very much lacks accountability. And it is obvious that there is the locker room problem. 
It is it is clear. And it's, that as is day. all on Doug. Yes. Every single part of that is on Doug. His whole thing was emotional intelligence and Beal and Doug's whole strength is emotional intelligence and the offense. Both of those things right now are faltering. Yeah. Uh, stop listening, Doug. Stop listening to everybody and do what you think. <laughs> yes, I agree. Is necessary to continue on with a harmonious. Harmonious? Yeah, I think that works. Uh, there you go. Locker room as much as possible. And my goodness, uh, I, uh, I, I've, I just want to say that I have gone uh, through an entire case of liquid death um, and in just under 12 hours today. So thank you again for saving me. Uh, liquiddeath.com slash GoBirds will get you $2 off uh, a, uh, a case. And, of course, if you feel like you want to test it out and sell your soul as, you know, it is close to Halloween. It is a great gift to say, hey, guess what? I, uh, I sold my soul to get you this case of water. Uh, it's a good icebreaker. I recommend that. Uh, you get a case of water for free simply by selling your soul at liquiddeath.com. And, Elliot, I ran out, uh, as I said, and the cool thing is, I don't know if you're you familiar with GoPuff, the uh, delivery app there, Elliot? I am. Okay, yeah. so uh, it is official now, If you are, especially if you're in the Philadelphia area. You uh, can now just get these delivered to your house through the GoPuff app. So that's what I did tonight. I got uh, three more, and thanks to those guys because it's a it's a really uh, sweet delivery service. I've been using it for a very long time uh, as well. So Liquid Death now on GoPuff. If you're in the Philadelphia area, they're carrying it. Uh, I didn't send any with Elliot because um, I don't know. I, I that's that's my bad. That was a mistake. <laughs> Yeah, you're bad. Um, Drinking this disgusting hotel water. I, I really, yeah, I know, and I really wanted to see what like the TSA would say if they're like, "What is? What are these? What is this yeah. uh, liquid death that you're bringing on a plane?" Oh, let that, like, well, uh, let me tell you something about your soul. <laughs> <laughs> it's time to murder your first captain now. You know, let's, yeah. let's shotgun these together and go home. Um, uh, Elliot, uh, any any final thoughts as we're rolling out here, Bow? No, I mean, look, at Buffalo next week, I feel like this is a team they should be able to beat just because the Bills don't score a lot of points. Neither do the Eagles, but I think the Eagles fumble their way into points, whereas the Bills have to try hard to score. Um, So I think they could win next week. I think Chicago is a beatable team in two weeks. So is the season over? No. Like, but they got to play better. Like, forget the record. Forget all that. You just watch this team with your eyes and they don't look good. It's not over, but they need to turn things around. Yeah. um, They need uh, more than that. And uh, I didn't even hit the over tonight. Elliot, that's how, like, Uh, we're missing by three three points. (laughs) Missing by three points. Uh, Doug, man. Ruin you. I just, also, the 63-yard field goal and a half, that was oh, like yeah. literally the most sure thing on the face of the planet <laughs> that that was going to go in. Just, just no doubt. <laughs> yeah, that was, that was unbelievable. Uh, and uh, <laughs> yeah, make it 64 next time to, to make it more exciting, I guess. I don't know. Yeah. Um, yeah, this um, – listen, the season's not over, but like this – this window, whatever you want to call this, is is done and always done. And that's the thing about you know talking about uh, having a franchise quarterback and the window's always open, always open. It's not, you know, like that. That's that's the part that the front office still has to figure this out. And this is the thing I want to keep preaching on and on and on and on. Howie Roseman has never uh, done this before. You know, like he has never won a Super Bowl and then had to deal with post Super Bowl stuff. And I think that's a very hard task in general. Uh, you know, you- how he's never even built 
a team that was really good for a stretch. I'm yeah. let's be honest. Yeah. Like yes. the first yes. ten of the GM was not very good. And then two thousand sixteen they weren't really good. They were you know, it was first year, I get that. Right. Twenty seventeen was amazing. Twenty eighteen they were not that good. This year they're not that good. So yeah. forget trying to build after a Super Bowl is difficult. Howie hasn't even shown he can string together four years of a really good. That's team. fair. So I think that is a first step for him. That is fair. Uh and that kind of dilutes the message that I was about to send of just kind of like uh, I the, the next couple of weeks are important uh, to him in how he wants to move in these directions because we're going to have arguments about draft picks and you know versus picking up players right now and Patrick Peterson and whatever rumor kind of comes out here. But um, yeah, I I, uh, I I am right now looking at you know what uh, what C D Lamb might be up to uh, and uh, starting to get some tape out because the season is not over, but you can tell how badly this team lacks talent, lacks focus, leadership, and a bunch of other things. Uh, I really hope that this is not a mirage that we just saw in 2017 because I was really looking forward to sustained success. And uh, that seems really like hard. an uphill really hard to do. battle right now. Like going from a, a team that didn't make the playoffs at all to winning the Super Bowl to barely getting in to now – I, this is the worst Super Bowl hangover I've ever seen because it's lasting almost two years now. And uh, I'll, I, I just will say it again. Uh, make sure that you cut everybody out that doesn't believe in your vision because that's the only way you're going to get this locker room back and that's the only way you can kind of send a message to anybody, whether that's rookie, veteran, high-priced, low-priced, whatever it is. And uh, I hope that yep, you guys I agree. enjoy uh, your Mondays and Sundays and Tuesdays and uh, Elliot, uh, travel safe, bud. We'll uh, we'll talk to you soon. I look forward to it. Go Birds Nation! Don't uh, you know? Don't 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 overreact. It's ugly. <laughs> Things will turn around. But uh, it's uh, it was it was not good. Uh, number one twenty five in the books. Radio dot com and Sports Radio ninety four WIP. As they used to say in the old country, go Birds. <laughs>